I was an engineer and in 2008 lost my job due to the economic collapse. Jobs were scarce. I didn't know where to turn to get help updating my resume. Online services and coaches charge hundreds, even thousands of dollars. I took matters into my own hands and learned how to craft interview-winning resumes. Shortly later, I landed a job with a Fortune 500 company. I have helped many achieve similar success. Now I share my tips to create interview-winning resumes, interviewing excellence, and high-performance growth strategies on my podcast, Career Growth Made Easy. Hey there. We had a great past few weeks over here at the Career Growth Made Easy podcast. We've had the opportunity to speak at some several Central Florida local schools, such as Crooms Academy of Information and Technology in Sanford, Lake Mary High School, and again at Winter Springs High School. In all, we've impacted the lives of some 250-plus high school students. Some of their questions and comments were quite amazing, and certain students' levels of engagement were really refreshing. At least one school conducted a student survey to gauge their key interests and topics related to career growth. We customized our tailored content for the talks as necessary. Many of the talks, though, started with preparations to obtain a job, followed by achieving high performance on the job and ending with opportunities leading to a promotion. With all these areas of discussion, interviewing was a key topic not only to obtain your first job, but also how to interview when seeking a promotion, because that's just as important. That naturally led us to thinking and discussing how to effectively communicate. These past few weeks have been a blast, no doubt. As I thought about content for today's show, the message of communication repeatedly fell upon my heart. Even going back, I think it was to episode 125, Are You a Silent Superstar? That popped into my head. That show was about being a high performer, yes. In fact, I called high performers superstars in that show. But in some cases, your good deeds, your great achievements may go unnoticed. This can be detrimental to your career and your paycheck if you don't get the recognition and reward you deserve. If you're concerned about your performance, that it's going unnoticed, tune back in to episode 125 to compare your notes and see what can be done to elevate the awareness of your strong workplace performance. That meant, that led me, rather, to think more about high performers. High performers, those people that frequently go above and beyond. You may be one of them. In fact, if you're a regular listener, it's highly likely that that's the case with you. That reminds me of part of the content I shared during one of my many talks with the high school students. I had an initial episode way back when that I referenced called, it was actually episode four, and it was called, Are You One of 32? It had a subtitle, and it was, Time for Personal Development. What I learned several years ago was that many people don't take the time to work on self-improvement. Maybe call it self-help self-growth, whatever the case. And I shared this with the students because often we think somebody's making us go to work. Oh, my parents are forcing me to go to school. Oh, the principal makes me go to school. Those things may or may not be true. 
but what are the things we're doing for ourselves? What are the things we're choosing to do to help improve each and every one of us? So as I identify as a high performer, both on and off the field, that is, in my personal and my professional roles, I had to stop and think, what are my limitations as a high performer? Even with high performance, you can't be perfect, neither you or I. Try as we might, it's simply not possible. So sometimes I think it's necessary to take a step back and reflect. For self-growth, again, what is it that you've done this year? What is it that you're doing or you plan to do next year differently? How are you going to take some time for yourself? Now, some time off for relaxation, vacation, that's absolutely great. I recommend it. It's needed. It's mentally necessary to get a refresher. But what are you going to do about yourself and your self-value, your self-worth, your self-growth? Are there areas and categories that maybe you could look back on even as recently as the last 30, 60, 90 days and kind of perform an analysis doing like a lessons learned? If you've listened to this show for quite some time, you'll know that I love lessons learned, best practices, and even applying SWAT techniques. I'm going to briefly touch on all of those today and then go into a little bit more of my story that sparked my interest for today. With self-growth, think about the things that maybe you're interested in learning more about. Are there experts, SMEs, subject matter experts, accessible to you, family, friends, in your churches, your organizations, your schools? How about where you work? Do these subject matter experts or rather knowledgeable people have a skill or a knowledge field or a trade that they possess that you'd be interested in? Maybe you'd like to reach out to them and see if they're available for lunch, coffee, a tea, whatever, and just kind of chat about how they got into their line of work and how their line of work interests you. Maybe that specific skill that you'd like to learn more about. But a little bit on lessons learned, too. Lessons learned can be personal as well as professional, but they sometimes focus on you and me, our specific features, attributes, contributions, right? What lessons can we each learn when it comes to the year in review? Sometimes our projects, our tasks, things that we're attempting to do don't go well. And sometimes we have to sit down and figure out a recovery plan. That's where lessons learned come in. You try not to have the same thing happen again. There's an old phrase out there, and it's called the insanity principle. Doing the same thing and expecting different results. Once again, the insanity principle. Continuing to do the same thing, but yet expecting different results. From those lessons learned, as I mentioned, I also believe in best practices. These are things that you've learned over the days, weeks, months, years, both again in your personal and professional life that could impact things, people, places, projects positively if implemented in other walks of life. There's certainly things you can learn in your personal life that you can take away and implement in your professional and vice versa. So think back even as recently as the last couple weeks, with the hustle and bustle of the holidays, potentially running around looking for gifts, setting up things for the new year, getting ready, what mistakes were made? What things caused you to be imperfect? What lessons did you learn that you would like to not repeat next year by implementing best practices, ways, procedures, processes to do things a little bit better? 
The way I look at it, though, we can also use something called a SWAT analysis. Now, it's not dun-da-da-da-da, and the SWAT team comes in. It's not the police department. It's S-W-O-T. It stands for Strengths, Weaknesses, Opportunities, and Threats. S-W-O-T. What we could do is look back on each of our situations and say, what strengths did we possess this year? It's always good to celebrate those and be proud of our accomplishments, the strengths we have, and the abilities we use to achieve high-ranking, high-performing goals. The W in SWAT, as mentioned, is weakness. Believe it or not, each and every one of us, even you, my awesome listener, have a weakness. Now, if you sit back and kind of fold your arms and go, really, Craig, you're coming through these speakers in my car, on my headset, in my earbud, and you're telling me I have a weakness? How dare you? Look, I'll be the first to say I'm not perfect, and I never will be. If you want to think of the weakness differently, if it gives you some heartburn or it agitates you slightly, think of it as your least strength. I've actually had to use that technique when I've been coaching people one-on-one because weaknesses do offend some people the statement, the discussion about them. Look, you can be a very strong person, a very strong job candidate, a great, strong personal attribute person, as well as a great, strong professional attribute person, but you'll still have some areas that need development or weaknesses. So if you want to think about it the other way, your least strength. I know it's a funny way of thinking about it, but it helps me get through sharing messages of positivity with some people. Now, the O in SWAT is about opportunities, and that's where you can kind of think about the best practice part. What opportunities do you have going forward personally and again professionally? I'm going to keep repeating that during this show that can lead you to new paths, new opportunities, new ventures in life. Those opportunities can be sought outside of your realm, or they can come from within, such as talking about polishing some of your strengths but definitely working on some of those weaknesses or least strengths can come about and create opportunities for your self-growth. That self-growth can turn around and help you in your professional lives as well. Then the last thing in SWAT, although I wasn't planning to speak much on it today, it's the T, and that is the threat. What threats are in your personal and professional life that maybe hamper or hinder you from succeeding? In the case of a threat, I frequently use this with regards to career growth coaching when people are looking for jobs or promotions. Although you may work, if you're in a work environment, you may have colleagues, peers, teammates. Yes, you should interface, work well with them, and collaborate. But if there's only one leadership role or promotional position available and multiple people are applying, unfortunately, one way to look at it is, They are threats to you, not in the physical sense, but in the sense that they threaten your opportunity to be promoted or to earn a promotion because they are competing against you. So it's just a different way to think about things, if you will, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And again, you can use content like that rather frequently when it comes to interviewing, looking at promotions, that type of situation in your career growth. The next thing As we approach the end of the calendar year, and we have several holidays fast approaching, we have Christmas and New Year's for those that celebrate. Hopefully you'll have time to break away from work and spend some time with family and friends. I briefly alluded to that earlier. Even if you're on call, which means in the case of my day job, I'm a project manager that supports 
and services power plants, I have to be available should the phone ring, should I get a text message saying support is needed, it's an urgent matter. But even in those cases where issues happen and customers need support, it is great to lend a helping hand and make an impact to the customer and society. We still, though, have to break away. We don't always have to be on, as I put it in one of my past episodes, on meaning full charged and full moving, right? Full force ahead. We can't always be high performing. And that's part of what today's show is about. We can't always be high performing, and high performers can't always be perfect. In fact, it's highly unlikely. Now, I try to provide the best possible content to you to make it useful and give you information for my valued listener. I try to do it in an entertaining and engaging way, and hopefully that's working with you. But some of the recent episodes I've had, I forgot to turn off my cell phone ringer. So either you heard a call come in or a text alert, which interrupted my recording session. You know, to be honest, I thought it's more genuine. I left some of that stuff in. It wasn't planned. It wasn't scripted. And it just happened. Like I said, I'm human too. And I make mistakes. So sometimes I left those mistakes in on the show. But other times when that phone ringer went off or text ringer went off, it completely disrupted my frame of thought, to be honest with you. I was slightly embarrassed by the fact it happened. I had to stop the show and go back and see how my key point, my key message was affected. If the sound overrode my my vocal content, you'd miss the key point of the message. And I'd have to go back and re-record that section to help refocus my efforts. Thinking back, though, about my career and the word perfect, a specific instance comes to mind. I don't think I've ever mentioned this before on my show, but one of my former roles during college was as a locksmith. I guess you could say I'm a retired locksmith now. I really haven't thought about it that way as I mentioned it to you. So after moving to Florida and while I was attending college, I owned a small locksmithing business. My main focus was home and vehicle entry. It sounds funny, but sometimes we lock our keys in our cars by mistake. It seemed the instances of these increased and was much higher during bad weather or when students or faculty were in a hurry to attend class such as for a testing session. I guess when we're in a rush, we kind of put our focus and our thoughts elsewhere and get distracted. There have been even a couple vehicles that I've had to open where the keys were still in the ignition and the vehicle was running. Kind of interesting. I think it's happened to all of us, or if not, it may happen to you, so be extra cautious. So thinking back, in an effort to grow my skills as a locksmith, I attended a specialty course one time, and I believe it was in North Florida, possibly South Georgia. The course was called Key Impressioning. If you've not heard of it, this is where you take a key blank, meaning it has no cuts in the key yet. You insert the key blank into your lock. Then after certain movements and manipulations, you remove the key blank. There are ways to understand and read the key blank, the uncut key, to learn how it interacts with the lock mechanism. Through this repeat process of inserting the key blank into the lock, manipulating it, extracting it, over time you can read the key blank and file cuts into the key that will ultimately match the lock's pin pattern and unlock it. Now, I'm getting to my point shortly, I promise. But before you get concerned about this and the safety of your home, please know this is a specialty skill. It takes time and the right conditions to be perfect. 
The emphasis is on time. It's not a quick or foolproof process. Succeeding in this training in a clean, controlled teaching lab environment is one thing, being taught by very capable people. Attempting to perform this in less than ideal circumstances, weather, lighting, angles, heights, can make it extremely difficult. It's not for the faint of heart or those that lack persistence. It's been over 20 years since I took that course, and security technology has grown by leaps and bounds. There are special components in our locks today that can make them either pick-resistant or even pick-proof, for example, depending on the application. So back to my comment and my thoughts about the key impressioning course. The master locksmith and instructor first introduced himself. He gave personal and professional background, along with the in-person course training content overview. We then went around the room and each spoke. One particular gentleman stood up. He grabbed his belt buckle and said, I am an expert locksmith. Hmm. He went on to tell of his accomplishments in a rather long format. I felt it was at least longer than any of us had spoken prior. The instructor thanked him, then said, Sir, I don't believe in experts. To which the expert locksmith angrily retorted. The instructor then said, You see, sir, I don't believe in experts because to me, it means you've stopped learning. The more I think about it, It's been closer to like 30 years since I took that training course, and yet that story still plays over and over in my head, more specifically the line about, I don't believe in experts, it means you've stopped learning. It still hits home today, and during situations like this on this show, it helps me share with you the things that motivate me. I use it in a way, the story that is, to be a trigger, to self-temper, Anytime I feel like I'm getting haughty or proud. Owning a business like this and having Career Growth Made Easy podcast takes a lot of time, effort, resources, but also ongoing training, education, and research. If you want to stay current with the latest trends and topics in this related field, it takes a lot. Not only do I work with my coaching students on a frequent basis, both one-on-one and in groups, but also with hiring companies, human resource professionals, and recruiters. By seeing both sides of the coin, so to speak, I have a full 360-degree view of it all, the aspiring job applicant side and the hungry hiring side. What's all this about? I'll never know it all is my point. I will never be perfect. And perhaps through my stories, you'll recognize, especially if you're a high performer, that you can't always be on, and you certainly can't be perfect. You can strive for perfection. Let me try that again, as a mistake occurs. You can strive for perfection, but you'll likely never achieve it. Having a confident mindset and a positive drive to overcome and adapt is great. However, When adversity rears its head, perhaps after an issue has occurred for you, your project, or in your job role, you'll need to rethink recovery plans. By the way, as a high performer, if you think you're perfect, you may fall into the trap of not planning for or recognizing risks. If risks aren't mitigated, they'll turn into issues, and then you'll find yourself in recovery mode, not where you want to be. I hope you've enjoyed today's show. 
high performers can't be perfect. As we approach the end of the calendar year, I hope it gives you some food for thought. If you have time to detox, break away from work, maybe enjoy a few more episodes of my show, another podcast, or some YouTube personalized trainings, professional trainings, I recommend it. Please, if you have a moment, share my podcast with friends, family members, coworkers, because we're looking to grow this year and help as many people as possible. If you have an extra spare minute, please leave us a review on something such as Apple Podcasts, iTunes, wherever you listen. I'd be very gracious, and your feedback will help me know that I'm not perfect and how I can improve my content for the calendar year 2023 right around the corner. I am Craig Ansell, your host, very thankful that you've chosen to listen to me and my content, and always here for you should you need a hand one-on-one in-group coaching sessions for you or your company. We have personalized training, speaking engagements, and coaching content. Let us know how we can help you strive stronger in 2023 and become an even better, higher performer. Thank you for your time. God bless you. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.